I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Ryan Johnson. Uh, Ryan began investing in real estate in 2017. Um, He has a background in anesthesiology uh, as a practicing nurse anesthetist in Houston, Texas. Um, Ryan, let me me stop there, because I think this is going to sound way better just having uh having you tell your story but first of all thanks thanks for coming on the show today i oh, appreciate it thanks thanks for having me it's uh, it's always nice to you know uh, network with uh, you know fellow healthcare professionals even though you know you administer healthcare to animals i, I administer healthcare to humans it's, there's a lot of similarities for sure yeah yeah absolutely um well why don't you go ahead and, and tell us you know tell us about that tell us tell us your background tell us kind of uh, how you started as a anesthetist, and then um, also, you know, that transition into real estate. We'll we'll talk about all of that. Yeah, you know, so I, you know, I, I'm originally from Louisiana. I've, I've called Houston my home for over 20 years now, and I've been a certified registered nurse anesthetist for 14 years with a license. Uh, three years of training to get that degree, so 17 years uh, total in the anesthesia space. And then I worked, you know, in the hospital as a nurse and just as techs and stuff in school. So 21 years total doing hospital work. And I, I just, I just quit my W two job in April, so I definitely want to get into that. But you know, I, I kind of just followed the traditional pathway. I'm like, okay, uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do in, in college. A buddy of mine was like, oh, I'm going to be a CRNA. Like this is this is the potential. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds good. I'll do that, right? And so I, I did that. Uh, jumped in, you know, studied hard got into school, you know, did well in grad school, you know, started working. And, you know, I, I do love the, the anesthesia side of it. You know, I do like that, uh, you know, giving drugs to, manip- to manipulate one's physiology so they can undergo this, like, you know, this procedure that can be excruciatingly painful. And I can make you not remember that and not feel anything while you're under that is, that is pretty cool. And, and I, you know, I kind of did what most new graduate practitioners do. You know, I want the, the hard cases, give me the sickest of the sick. You know, you want to gain that experience. You want to gain that experience. And I realized probably about seven years into that career that I was like, oh, man, I was like, this is a you once you have maybe a few bad outcomes, whether they're your fault or not. And you're kind of put in these tragic situations, like almost sometimes weekly. It's like, you know, do I uh, do I want to kind of continue doing this? And you start realizing that, okay, uh, at the hospital that today is a boring day is a good day. Right. So I'm like, I'm 37 years old at the time. I'm walking into work every day. I don't want to be challenged. I just want to do the easiest cases ever and get out of here. And, and I realized that, okay, do I want to be really, maybe which should be in the prime of my career, just walking in, just wanting to be bored to death. And so I realized that I, I needed to shift. And, you know, I definitely, if, you know, if there was someone in that hospital that was burned out, it was definitely me. So, you know, at the time I was just looking uh, you know, to dump my, brain power into other projects. I, I did I did some research papers. I tried the academic route, did a lot of uh, QA type projects around the department. And I, and I realized that I was just kind of decreasing my overall time value, right? I'm, I'm a salaried guy. If I'm working 100 hours a week writing or 100 hours to write this paper, I just decreased my hourly salary by X amount. And so that really wasn't going to work for me. So 
you know, at the time I, I just saw land was appreciating. Uh, I think this was back in 2017 toward the end land was appreciating. And I, I had a little bit of cash and I had just opened up a home equity line of credit. And I was like, oh, okay, let me buy this lot and just hold it. And I, I my initial mindset was like, I'm just going to build this land portfolio. And, you know, I bought the lot and maintained it and sold it a little over a year later. And I doubled my money. And I was like, oh, wow, this, this that was the easiest money that I've ever made. And uh, much easier than working in the operating room and taking more call and stuff. So I, uh, so I, I, at that point, you know, or during that whole period, you know, I kind of went down the bigger pockets rabbit hole, learned all there was, you know, to know, networked with a lot of people, ended up, you know, partnering or networking with an individual that had about 40 or 50 single family and small multifamily properties. He was a contractor, started following around his, following him around his job site and I just, just learning from him. And I eventually got the opportunity to partner with him on a flip where I, I funded, I funded, you know, a portion of the deal. You know, I kind of kept track of his budget for him to take some mundane task off his hands. And he, you know, he, he did the work and you know, we partnered on that. And then we partnered on another one and then we partnered on another one. And then he decided he wanted to be a builder. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I had this line of credit, like let's build some houses. And so we started building houses to sell and kind of during his evolution of being a builder and my evolution of being an investor, I'm like, Hey, like I, I want more rentals. I had bought, I had bought a few rentals here and there. But I wanted to just kind of continue the development, but develop my own personal portfolio. So we started building small multifamily properties in Houston. And we, we still do that today. I'm building two right now. I'm selling one that I built two years ago, uh, building two more, planning two more. So I kind of have that little that little operation going with him where I'm, I'm building small. I'm building assets. I'm using my personal asset, my home, and building other assets uh, and so I'm basically stacking equity, right? I'm using equity to build equity that pushes off cash flow. And at that point, I was just like, I had a complete mindset shift. I'm like, okay, anesthesia, that, that's a lot of that's a lot of hard work to get the same money. I could I could potentially do this and 10x what I can do in anesthesia with a lot less uh, you know, mental strain and just just a lot less time. So I uh, you know, I, I kind of just completely shifted my focus, my whole identity just changed to like I'm gonna do this and I'm not gonna do this anymore. And, you know, I'm going to still keep my anesthesia license, but, you know, I wanted to just set myself up to where I could just do anesthesia on my terms. Um, 2020, you know, I started passively investing as well in other people's syndications. And in 2020, I did a multifamily mentorship program, uh, finished that up and just, you know, started looking for partners. And I ended up partnering last year uh, with, you know, a a gentleman that, you know, had about 1400 units as a lead sponsor and he was, he was looking for partners. So we did a, we did a JV, JV did a a JV deal together, you know, and it, and it worked really, really well. And, you know, I, I was taking off tasks from him and we realized, okay, we have complementary skill sets, right? Like you're, you're more acquisitions. I'm more investor relations. And we had another partner that was more underwriting. And so we formed like a trio and we formed an entity together. And now we operate under the the Gen Wealth Capital brand. It's very cool. It's very cool. And I think I want to back up to the, to, you talked a bit about sort of the, the mental strain and the grind that goes along with being a medical professional. And it's, it's, it's something that I've heard from other medical professionals that I've interviewed. It's something that I've experienced myself. And it, it's it's something I think people don't know about, right? It's something that people in the outside world don't understand. Like, yes, you're you're doing you're doing amazing work, right? You're as you described it, you're you're essentially allowing people to have these procedures that would be very painful or, or stressful. And, and you're essentially able to alleviate all of that and have them have the procedure without being, uh, without even maybe even remembering it. And 
and yeah, when you start out, you're gung ho and you want to do, you want to do the hardest cases. You want to be tested. You want to be, you want to be the guy, but it gets, it, it's very, very mentally draining to always have, you know, you've got someone's life for you. It, it's people for me, it's animals, but you've got someone's life in your hands every day, like every, right. every case, every case. Right. Cause it's like, yeah, you don't, the vast majority of times everything goes right, but you've, you, you have someone's life in your hand every single time. So I think that it's a thing that, that maybe gets lost when people think about medical professionals and they, you know, parents want their kids to be doctors and things like that. And it's like, it's great. It's a very noble set of, of profession, but there's, there's a lot that goes with it that isn't, isn't really uh, known or talked about. So it's, it's, inspiring to see when when people have realized that's what's going on and and sort of taken the steps to alleviate it because because a lot of people just kind of keep going through that basically forever until they're completely burnt out and and can't can't go on so finding another avenue and and you know for for us it's it's real estate but finding another avenue that you can you know sort of put your efforts into and and uh shift your focus a little bit and and find something that's quite frankly more rewarding and sustainable on a on a financial level then can allow you to if you decide to go back to doing anesthesia you can right you can you have that option uh and it won't be because you need the money, it'll be because you like doing it. And, and there's that, there's a, a huge distinction there. Yeah. You know, I kind of, uh, two points on that is like, you know, I, I what kind of really got me with, with, with the healthcare is like, you know, you're, you're in the hospital and, you know, unless you're working at like maybe like a, a plastic surgeon's office or something like none of the patients really want to be there. Right. I mean, right. it's just, you're there and it's like, it's a hassle. Maybe you have kids at home. You're you know, you're going to be hurting after you don't really want the surgery, but you need it done. And so number one, like they're your clients and you treat them like clients, but none of them really want to be there. So it's kind of like this special place in that most of the time you're, if you're, if you own a business and you're maybe you're giving a service or, you know, have a product, most of the, most of those people probably want it uh, or need it. And, you know, they don't necessarily dread it. So in, in our profession, you know, unless you're getting some elective cosmetic surgery and those people want it, you know, this is kind of more, you know, like if you're there because you truly are sick and you need surgery, I mean, most people are, you know, they they think they're going to die or they think they're not going to do well. And so it, it just, it's a, it can be a stressful situation. Yeah. Um, and number two, I, I think why a lot of healthcare pr- practitioners, you know, physicians and nurse anesthetists, and I'm sure that's like, you know, you go to school for so long and spend so much time and money and effort and brain power becoming a vet or becoming a, a physician. And that is so woven into your identity that it's hard to let it go. Right. And the income gap is huge. Right. And you can't just, it's not like you're, you know, you're making just a small amount of money where you go like, Oh, I can just leave that and go do this. You have a huge gap to cover uh, if you're trying to start a new venture, but then also it's, it's the identity side of it. Right. It's like, uh, you're, you're, you even change your name, right. You're Dr. Jason. Right. And so it's like, uh, the, the identity in healthcare is just so, I mean, it's so strong, right? Because you you change your name, it's on your license, it's on your marriage certificate, it's on everything, right? right. Probably, it's probably going to be on your obituary, right? And so <laughs> yeah. it is, I mean, it's it true. is. It's a good point. Yeah, your, your identity has changed for life. So you almost have to kind of, if you want to make the switch, you almost have to change your identity. And, and that's that's kind of, I, I was ready to, to make the switch. So I kind of focused on that first. It's like, okay, for anyone to take me serious in this space, 
I'm not this nurse anesthetist anymore. I am the, the real estate guy that also does anesthesia. I kind of put that first and I just led with that with every conversation that I have. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a really great point. And, and I think an important thing to realize, and it, it's not, maybe not necessarily, I mean, anybody coming from a different profession and coming into real estate, you have to some to some degree shift your identity, but but you're you're absolutely right that the the amount of time and effort and and in a lot of cases money for school you know people in there's tremendous amount of student loans and stuff and a lot of that has to do with people in medical professions because they have the additional years of schooling and all of that so you have all of this stuff that you spent all of this time sort of building up to create this identity that is you the doctor you the the veterinarian you the you the anesthetist whatever whatever it is but one of these these high level training careers and then it's almost like and, and everyone you know your network is is in that space right everyone you know is for me everyone i know is basically a veterinarian or veterinary veterinary technician like everybody who's known me over the last 15 16 years like they're all veterinarians and veterinary technicians and, and I'm sure it's the same on, you know, sort of the human medicine side. Like I'm sure you know a lot of doctors and <laughs> nurses and anesthetists and all of that. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like, then you, then you say to them, I'm going to do real estate now. And it's like, nobody, nobody in that space gets it or takes you seriously. And then you're new to the real estate space. So nobody there takes you seriously. So it's a, it's a definitely a tricky spot to be in and you have to, you have to commit to it. Like you said, you, you sort of started there. So it, it, it makes, it, it's a challenging evolution um, on top of just learning the, the nuts and bolts of, of actually doing, doing real estate of uh, having these, you know, <laughs> building these uh, small multis around Houston and then switching into, into commercial multifamily real estate. It it's, there's a lot that goes into it. So and it's a great point when you, when you made that switch, you know, did you, did you all, you always had the intent of sort of leaving the anesthesiology field. Was that kind of your, your goal or you thought you'd try to, you know, sort of balance it. What, what was your, what was your initial thought process and how did it evolve? Yeah, I mean, I think it went from, yeah, this is a diversification play, right? And that's when I wasn't super burned out on the anesthesia. Like, yeah, I'm just doing this to diversify my 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 family's income, right? Or my, my family's portfolio, right? It's all it's all in mutual funds and all of my 401k. I have a little cash here. Let me put it into real estate. And that's how a lot of people start. And that's a great way to start. I mean, it's definitely real estate is an awesome diversification play. I mean, if you're looking to, if you, if, if you're already a high income individual and you're kind of maxed out on all your other investments, I mean, you should definitely have real estate in your portfolio. And that's, that's kind of where I started. And then the kind of burnout hit and I started partnering with other people that were just, you know, Hey, you, you could get, you could not do that anymore. If you want, you could do this. I'm like, they just, it, just being around other people. I think my first partner on the flip, you know, he was just like the serial entrepreneur guy that had started and sold many businesses and, you know, just kind of a self-made guy. And he, he was like, uh, you know, what's your goal? And I'm like, oh, I'd like to be able to go part-time or have the ability to quit my job if I want in 10 years. And he like laughed at me because like 10 years, like why, why so long? You can yeah. do that in like five elite at, at the most, you could do it right. in five. And I ended up doing it in about five. And, uh, and you know, once you just kind of start, when you see the opportunity, like, Hey, this is an option. Okay. Like, let me do everything I can to set myself up 
for, for that option, right? If I want to go back and pivot to doing anesthesia, I can do it. But if I have the option to not do it, like why not, why not at least have the option? And that's where I think wealth is, that's where I started seeing wealth a little bit differently. And like, okay, wealth could mean like your portfolio or your net worth or how much money you have in your bank account. But wealth also could mean like, hey, like I could not work and still make the same money, right? That's an, that's an option that most people don't have. Or, you know, or I could do this and make double the income if I want to do both, right? And that's, that's also a pretty great option. So it's a, I just wanted to increase my options versus before. My only option was showing up in the operating room when someone told me to be there and working the schedule someone gave me and, and making the money. And if I wanted to make more money, then the only option was work more hours. And so right. I felt the options were very limited. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great point. I mean, wealth investing, how it, it creates optionality. It, it allows you to do what you want and it, and it, and you know, that may, that may include whatever you were doing before. Or it may not, but the point is it gives you those options and it's not, it's not on someone else's terms. It's on your own. So I, I think, um, it's, it's a great point. Um, in, so you talked, you talked a lot about kind of the, the, you know, smaller um, residential and the, and the, and the small multifamily. Uh, tell me about, you know, sort of your transition into large multifamily. You said you did a mentorship kind of, how did you, how did you make that, that um, switch? Yeah. You know, so my, I, I noticed that I always was consuming content on the larger multifamily. I'm doing all these smaller deals, making night, making nice income, getting equity gains, getting some cash flow from the rentals. Oh, and I, I was learning a ton and enjoying it really enjoying it. I was like, okay, how can I scale this to, to, to close the income gap? Like, can I, can I build 20 more duplexes? Maybe, but that's going to take a while. Right. And right. I'm going to need new partners. Uh, how can I scale it? What can I bring to the table? So I, I did an LP deal. You have to put your money where you're about this. I, I started LP, liked the process, started learning more about that, that. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep going with it. So I, I joined a mentorship program, you know, learned all I could networking. And, you know, you, you learn, some of the how-to, but a lot of these mentorship programs are, you have access to the Rolodex, right? You're networking with other people. And once you, again, put your money where your mouth is, you're paying 20, 30 grand for a mentorship program. People are going to, a lot of people are going to take you a lot more serious versus you're just kind of reading books, kind of being a weekend warrior, just talking about it. So, so I did that and just dove right into it. And I consider these mentorship programs as just like a, just like a thorn in your side, even though they're great. It's just kind of like, okay, I put the money, you better do the work, right? And so you're, you're just learning a lot, learning a lot. And then to kind of switch into it, to try to get on the GP side, I just started calling all the operators and I wanted to call all the Texas operators. I, I live in Texas. I invest in Texas. You know, I have, uh, you know, I like the growth of Texas. I like the story of Texas in general. So I started calling all the Texas operators and saying like, look, for me to, what would it take for me to get on your general partnership team? This is, this is what I'm up to. I'd like to at least raise money for your deal. I'd like to be a co-GP. And that's where I started. I co-GP'd a deal. It was an Austin deal. And you know, I met this operator off of Facebook. It's kind of crazy. It's a, I met him off of Facebook. We had some great conversations. We went to lunch multiple times. His wife was in the medical field. So we had a connection there. And, uh, you know, and it just happened. Like they were, they were negotiating this deal. And he was like, man, he's like, I think this is the perfect deal for you to, to do your first raise. Just, let's go for it. And I almost didn't do it, honestly. Like I was like, you know, I had a lot of self-doubt. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. And he was like, look, dude, you're never going to be ready. Like, you're never going to feel ready. You just got to do it. And so I did it. And I and I ended up, you know, basically 3Xing my commitment to him. And then, you know, I kept, uh, we th th that was a great raise. And then that just kind of got me into marketing and trying to understand that a little bit more. And so, like, that was kind of, 
I, uh, I kind of shifted into once, once I saw that I could do that, I kind of shifted into looking at like, not really raising money, it's list building. Right. And so like, okay, you, if you break it down, like uh, raising capital, like, yeah, you need to raise money, but you need to have investors and you need to get investors on your, in your database and from your database, you need to get them content. So they understand exactly what you're doing. So I started list building after that, like after that first raise, I just put list building into like hyperdrive. Basically, I uh, I started yeah. out with a list of maybe let's say 300 investors, right? Uh, that I had built organically, mostly friends and family and just colleagues and whatnot. And I think I was able to scale that, like you know, basically five x that uh, in maybe eight months just from marketing. And I'm like, okay, like this this works. And you know, my partner, this my two partners that I had partnered with in Austin. They were like, okay, like, well, we're kind of missing that component, right? We're missing the, the component, the investor relations component, the content producer, the list builder. And so now like, it's off of a Facebook call a little over two years ago, like I have an entity with, you know, two other individuals and like we're permanent partners. So it's just networking, you know, putting yourself out there and just, just going for it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a great strategy to take, especially when you're, you know, that, you know, making those phone calls, the reaching out to people, the operators in the markets you want to be in, that, that's a fantastic strategy. What did you do to build that list? I think that's a, a very um, important thing for people to kind of understand that, because that, I I know that that's a difficult process. So what did you do? And I'm sure that was quite a bit of work. You know, so what what sort of action steps did you take? Well, you know, like as I'm doing all these smaller, smaller deals, especially in Houston, you know, I'm just talking to everyone in the operating room. Like, this is what I'm doing. Hey, you want to yeah. see pictures of this duplex that I'm building? Check it out. Uh, and then I, I would, I would just almost plant the seed. Like, hey, eventually I'm going to be buying like hundred plus unit deals. Just telling them straight up. Uh, maybe we'll do a deal together. They'll be like, oh yeah, sure, sure. And then as you kind of keep consistently doing, like, oh, I'm building another project. Oh, I just sold this flip. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you, you're, you're kind of gaining the the momentum, whereas like, you're not just talking about it, you're doing it, right? Same thing with the LP deals, you know, just showing people, hey, look, I invested in this deal in Houston with these guys, uh, you know, it's pushing off cash flow. This is the projected returns. It just, just stimulates conversation. Uh, so I, I did that organically and just almost everyone that I had had an organic conversation with, I put them on my phone, just on an Apple note, right? It's okay, I talked to John, talked to Jason, talked to this person. And then whenever you start list building, I think you just kind of had those mental notes. Like, look at all these people that I talked to in real estate. There's like 250 people, all not really in real estate that I've talked to about real estate. Mm -hmm. I just started reaching out to those individuals. Hey, Roy, remember these duplexes I'm building? Uh, I'm looking to start buying apartment complexes. I'd love to send you my monthly newsletter. Right? And if these people already somewhat know you or have interacted with you, they're most likely going to say yes. Right. And yeah. so that that's kind of how I started organically, just building it up like that. You know, just uh, you know, started started sending them an email, just just a monthly newsletter, just say, hey, this is what I've been up to. This is the smaller deals I've been doing. These are the bigger deals I've been doing. You know, check it out. And here's here's the blog post. Right. You're sharing content. You're just educating. Um, you know, as I as I kind of went through that entire list and was like, okay, I've exhausted most of the people that I know. Then I most of the most of my I guess investor flow now comes from LinkedIn. Okay, LinkedIn, like Facebook as well, but mostly LinkedIn. Yeah. And are, are there you know you hear about? I guess Yona Weiss is maybe I don't know at least the person that you hear the most about. You know, sort of uh, leveraging LinkedIn as as for connections. What, what do you do to to build that through LinkedIn? Like I think those what you just talked about from a, a organically growing that list to, you know, talking to the people in the OR, you know, we, we mentioned before, it's like basically everyone, everyone I know is a vet and, a, and, a, and it's like, and I'm doing that as well. Uh, so, th but then at some point, 
you have to get outside the people that you actually know if you're going to like if you're truly going to be a capital raiser if that's your focus that that's mm-hmm. you know you need that list to be large so what are you doing then to to kind of grow that outside of those those personal connections well, you know, I, I'm learning. I'm learning on the fly with LinkedIn as well. I've seen some of Yona's stuff, and you know, I started following just people that are doing it on LinkedIn. Not necessarily apartment people, though, right? Like some people on a, some people that do real estate, but not that many people. Not that many. You, you follow these other individuals on LinkedIn that have three, four hundred thousand followers. Like, how do they do it? What are they? How do they stimulate conversation and posting? You have to post quite a bit. And that would, that would kind of, uh, I'm just starting to post a lot more. I'm trying to post three or four times, but the posts have to just be more than, you know, here's this blog post, right? Cause that's not, if you post, here's this blog post, you're going to maybe get a couple of interactions and that's not that much. Right? right. So, but if you post something that you're actually doing, like, Hey, I just bought this uh, apartment complex in Houston, check it out. That's going to get a lot of just, just, just a lot of inner interaction, right? People, people want to see, okay, like this is a deal. Let me check it out. And so that, and then I, and I reach out to individuals, I'm connect, 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 reach out, you know, private message them, say hello, introduce yourself. Just, just like you would do at a meetup, right? You're going to go to a meetup, you're shaking hands, shaking hands. Here's my card, scan my, scan my info into your phone. Let's connect after you're almost just treat LinkedIn or even Facebook as a meetup, right? You're just, but you can just do it at scale from the social media platform with people that don't live in your area. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And I think um, the, the idea of following people, not necessarily in the real estate space is a really good one because there's, you know, there's a lot of people in the real estate space that are good on social media and have, have Mm -hmm. uh, put out a lot of good content, things like that. But there's a lot of people outside of the real estate space that, that are doing it as well, you know, whether that's in business or what, but, but just kind of seeing the different, um, you know, observing the different techniques that people are using, the different strategies, it, it's, a, it's actually a really great idea. Yeah. And we talked about changing your ide- identity. I think like social media is a way to change your identity at scale, right? So you can change your identity to the people that you work, but that's just hitting the small sub- subset mm-hmm. of people that work at this vet or at this hospital, yeah. right? But okay, I want to change it to everyone, everyone that knows me. So that that's Facebook probably is going to be more you know, close to friends and family. And maybe, maybe you have business associated people on there, but then LinkedIn is probably going to be much more focused on like, you know, probably all your veterinarian people. Right. And so that's, uh, that's just, just the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, It's great. It makes, makes total sense. Um, what's, uh, what's next for you? What are you, uh, I know you've, you've, um, done some, some multifamily deals or is that kind of, you've, you've got these partners now you're, you're, uh, continuing to, acquire new assets that's that's kind of the, the plan yeah you know so i have I have two partners and we, we kind of fit together well you know one is one is the you know director of acquisitions he has you know five years of broker relations he has you know 1400 units as, as a lead sponsor so he has the deal flow and then we have uh, another partner brian i mean he, he's an engineer he's the underwriting guy the spreadsheet guy the finance guy and so he does the numbers and for me like i'm investor relations i'm always talking to individuals I also do construction management at this time. Like I, uh, you know, I, I build these small multis around Houston. Yeah. And so, you know, I go to the projects, make sure the rehabs are getting done. I'm not swinging a hammer. I'm just making sure the hammers are being swung and, and running the budgets. And yeah, so we had, we actually have a buyer interview today on a 250 minute deal in Houston. Hopefully, hopefully we get it. So we're, you know, we're constantly offering, you know, we've, we've lost a lot of close ones recently, uh, but we're, you know, keep staying positive and, you know, keep, keep pushing, you know, and find, find great opportunities and, 
you know, underwrite them conservatively, you know, make sure our debt is right on it, especially right now. And, you know, we hope to bring an, an investment to investors pretty soon. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Best of luck on that call to you today. I've, those are, uh, those are always a fun, a fun yeah. process, but it yeah. just seems like a bunch of awkward, <laughs> awkward questions and things like that. But yeah, I guess it's, it's part of the game. Um, all right, well, let, let's switch gears and uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you the questions I like to ask every guest. Um, first one being really just the name of the show. Uh, what is your why, Ryan? What 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 drives you? What What's kind of motivating you towards success? You know, I would say like my why is kind of going through like this evolution right now. So for years, probably for the last five years, my why was to go part time or quit my job. So I just achieved that in April. So now I kind of have like this why reset. OK, like so what's the uh, that's gone. Check that box off done done and over with that i'm not gonna you know i'm happy but i'm not gonna like you know sit down and you know i'm not gonna relax now right you gotta keep pushing and so you know a couple of them like business related you know we want to build a company a general capital that's lasting right like when we when stay stay going keep buying assets and then eventually you know when we're going to give it to our families right and so we want to build like a, a company that produces wealth not just for us but like for generations to come generally mm-hmm. that's why that's what our company's name is gen wealth capital um you know and then you know kind of more on the personal side you know i, I want my my son is an eight-year-old son and i want him to follow my journey right so he so he knows that he can do anything like he knows that i used to work in the operating room he knows that i don't work in the operating room anymore and he knows why and so like i i, I he's he's following my journey he goes to all my new construction projects he went and did some drive-bys and some deals with me this weekend. And we were kind of like scouting deals in Houston. And so he's, you know, in the backseat trying to take it all in. I'm on calls talking about the deal and he's picking up things. Right. And so, uh, you know, I just want to teach him like, Hey, there, there is another way and you know, you can do anything, but you have to put in the work for sure. So that's, that's a big why is just mentoring my son. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, they're always listening, right? They're, even when you don't think yeah. they're, that you're listening, they're, <laughs> that they're, they're always listening and, and, yeah, having them come on those property tours with you and stuff, I think is a, is a great idea just to get them, just get them exposure and, and letting, you know, whether they, whether they go into the business or not, right. It's, it, it's a, it's a valuable uh, investment vehicle. Even if they decide to do something else, they can use it, you know, kind of to help fund whatever else they want to do in their life. So uh, very cool. Um Tell us something about yourself that maybe isn't common knowledge, uh, a special skill, a hobby, something to, to, you know, kind of let the listeners know you a little bit better. Yeah. So like, I'm the, I guess the, you can say I'm like an ultimate extrovert. You know, I like, I'm like, a, you know, I like to be shaking hands. I like to talk to people. I like meeting people. I can strike up a conversation with pretty much anyone. And that I think helped me like in the patient care arena, just because, you know, I like, yeah. I like to, I like to build a relationship with the patients. Right. And so I'm always trying to just build relationships, whether it's with a patient, whether it's an investor, a seller, some guy that I'm sitting at, at the bar with, it's just, uh, I'm a pretty friendly guy. So, you know, please feel, free to, please feel free to reach out at any time, you know, via LinkedIn, if you're connected with me, if not, let's connect for sure. Yeah. And well, that's perfect segue to the third question, which is how would you like people to connect to you? We'll put whatever you want in the, uh, in the show notes. Yeah, so you, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm under Ryan Johnson, CRNA, uh, as well as uh, Ryan at genwealthcapital.com. I, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Perfect. We'll get that, that out for people. Um, final question for you, Ryan. What what piece of advice would you give to someone who is, you know, kind of getting started? They're trying to uh, begin their real estate journey, grow their, grow their business, that sort of thing. What, what would you tell them? 
You know, I would say that, you know, you're always going to have imposter syndrome, especially if you're trying to, you know, switch from like, say, uh, being a vet to being a real estate investor. You're always going to, you're not going to know everything. You know, there's no, uh, there are different mentorship programs, but it's not like, you know, you go to vet school and like you take this test once you graduate and like you're expected to be like this, like entry level veterinarian practicing, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur. I mean, there's it, one of the good things about it is like, you're not kind of, you're not kind of stuck in that field and you can pivot very, very quickly but there's no uh, necessarily how to book and you're always going to feel intimidated, but just pick up that phone, ca- call someone, call someone a few steps ahead of you, call someone that has more knowledge ahead of you. Uh, and kind of, I look at things that going in, going into deals or just relationships, I always have one hand down and one hand up. In other words, like I'm always trying to pull someone that maybe is trying to go in the direction that I'm going up with me, but then I'm always looking for a hand up to see, to talk to people that have more experience with me to share their wisdom and knowledge to kind of pull me up as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that one hand up, one hand down thing. I think it's a great, a great way to look at it. Try and bring someone along with you too is 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 a, a really you know that sort of give back impact type of uh, mentality as you move through the business. Yeah, I mean, it only takes someone. Sometimes people just need one opportunity, right? And if they had that opportunity and they crush it, you know, they they have a skill or a, a superpower that they didn't even know they had. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Um, well, listen, thank you very much for coming on and, and sharing your story. Um, I think uh, it's really compelling for other medical professionals, but I think just anyone here in that kind of story of transition from, from one career to, to real estate, it, it's, it is, it is about identity. It's about, but it's also about, you know, sort of hard work and, and, you know, you, you got to where you were as an anesthetist, through hard work and, and education, it's, it's not all that different in the real estate space. Just kind of kind of keep kind of keep getting out there and, and pushing through. So, um, thank you, Ryan, for for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, we'll go ahead and sign out. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.